Good morning, Jerry. Good. Good morning, brother. You know, John. that was more like I tried to. It's it's. I turned off my heat because the producer insists upon it, and it's twenty nine degrees this morning here, inside or outside. Oh, I, I had heat on last minute. Okay, okay. It, it's nice in here. I'm, I'm yeah, taking yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Thanks. Call me out, producer. Call me out. Thanks. He's gonna be contacted. Lose credibility, I podcaster. I can feel this coming. It's gonna be a thing. This is going to be a thing. Well, okay, in case you're new here, this is The Bro Show, and we are actual brothers. I'm Jerry. And I'm John. We talk about four things during every show. First, we talk about an animal and stories related to that animal. Today, we will be talking about whales because this is the season of the whale for our show. Hmm. Every week, we have a word, don't we, John? Yep, we sure do. This is not just any word. It's often a word that ties in with our whale story or our two two takes segment, which I'll talk about in a minute. Or it may just be a word we ran into while we were doing research. Third, we have a segment called Two Takes, where John and I discuss a substantive topic from two different viewpoints. Hmm. But last but not least, we have part of the show. We love groaners, and these are dad jokes, basically. They make bad, you groan. Bad jokes. Yeah. That's it. Hey, you know what? While we're at it, uh, what are you wearing, particularly uh, above the belt? Oh, 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 oh. Well, you know, today I am wearing the ox. I'm wearing the Sweet. season of the ox. Season of the ox. I'm getting kind of boring. I, I've been wearing, I think, three out of the last four shows I've worn the season of the whale shirt, and I just couldn't resist. I like that puppy. I like that mm. big boy. He mm. looks so good on our shirt. That's a juvenile sperm whale on that picture. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's got yeah. those little birdies, I guess. I kind of He's talking to him. He's talking to him. Hey, He's social. Him. We know that. That's another segment we did. All good. Yeah. Yeah. We know stuff about whales. We probably shouldn't. Hey, do we, do we have a sponsor? We do have a sponsor. Yeah, I think we've got a yeah, really yeah. good one. Save oh, the whales. Was- yeah, these guys are great. Tell, tell us about them, John. Tell you what, Save the Whales is a non-for-profit organization formed in 1977 by a very uh, uh, nice lady named Maris uh, Stenstecker, and I always have to kind of pronounce that fracture it. But she, back in the in the 70s, had a uh, intense interest and passion for whales, and felt there was a need for it to be publicized that we needed to save these animals because they were, you know, going to become extinct. So sure enough, she started her organization and found it and found a funding source, which is near and dear to the bro show's hearts. That is T-shirts. T-shirts. So T-shirts was the way she got uh, her, her buckos to start out with. There's only one. She is the only salaried uh, employee, takes a very modest salary concentrates mostly on educating young children from the get-go about how important whales are to the world to the uh, you know to the oceans etc they they're primarily out in California but when when duty calls and they need to have some money to fund a specific project they're ready to do it so that is our sponsor oh good sponsor and too they're fantastic how about hey, wait a minute we, we got to mention something about their sponsor the tea. 
don't we? Oh, oh yeah, you can. Oh yeah, you can buy that T-shirt. In fact, John bought one. Didn't didn't really. Was it the fit? The fit was wrong for you. It was too big. It was a little too big. Yeah. 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 So you might want to order these a little smaller than you think you need. But in any case, I ended up with one of these T-shirts, and they are fantastic. And I put a link in the show notes that you can use in order to buy a T-shirt or donate or just find out more about this fine organization. Whale story. And this one was a documentary that you came up with. Maybe you can give us a a, a little bit about it and maybe kind of tease as to to Mm. maybe, you know, to get Mm. some interest, generate some interest Mm. on this this topic. Yeah, well, when it comes to talking about things in a sensational and superficial way, that's my specialty. <laughs> oh dear, come on. You, you do dive a Don't little bit, but no, you're, you're good, you're good. Come on, come on. All right, all right, all right. Walk up. Talk again. Come on, yeah. Slap her around, slap you around a little bit. That's a good idea. Okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. All right, our story, our whale story this week is When Whales Had Legs. And I can't say enough great things about this documentary. Uh, we put a link to it in the show notes. Uh, this is fascinating. I've heard since I was a little boy that whales have these embedded little legs inside of their body that are left over from when they walked on land. But this is a whole show about who they were, what they were, where they were, and how they evolved into today's, into today's whales. You won't believe it. And, you know, if you look at the photobomb, you're going to see a nice, nice shot of this prehistoric whale. I'm not going to say too much because they're, they are Good. just so cool. And this is so well done. And right. no fact is left unturned. Go ahead, John. 45 minutes. I will only say one thing. There's one thing that I remember back when baseball was having its steroid thing. There was a lot of talk about when whales formed from these smaller creatures into big ones, that they basically, their food contained whale growth hormones. I want to dispel that rumor uh, uh, that you will not find it in this documentary. And if you ever hear that, you heard it from the bro show, forget it. It's not true. All I got to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whale growth hormones? Yes. W-G-H. Okay. We use performance enhancing coffee. I know that. But these these acronyms are getting thick. All right. right. Let's just move on. They're getting thick and sick. (laughs) Yes. Yes, they are. Oh, my God. John. Oh, well. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 do it. You ready? You ready hey, yeah, we got we got a, we got a word that's really connected to this uh, oh, to the, the whales, and uh, and the word is vestigial. Um, it's f v e s t i g i a l v e s t i g i a l, and it the definition is it's the forming of a very small remnant of something that was once much larger and more noticeable. So the whale is a classic example of that with its legs. There's still those ever so slight indications of those legs that are embedded, as you've already mentioned. But it brings back the fact that they used to be a lot larger. So that's what it is. And so as you've gotten an example, over time, legs have become a vestigial part of a whale's body. So, yep. And I think that the uh, the film, the documentary, um is a good indication and tells you the full story. Mm, mm, mm. Wow, I almost skipped over the word. That's a good word. And yep. now we are now we are ready for two takes, right? 
Yeah, boy, we needed all this time. We kind of we kind of ran through a little bit quickly some of the other stuff because we wanted to go on to a we topic to. because we have we to. have to because uh, we always do. We've annually done our Oscar show with the predictions as it relates to the the Academy Awards that will be coming up on uh, Sunday. So what we like to do is we like to take a deep dive. And fortunately, and we're going to look primarily at the best pictures. Now, you have to understand that about several years ago, the Academy decided in order to kind of uh, boost up the economy rather than having just five pictures for uh, nominated for the best picture. They decided to go with 10. Ten's way beyond our scope. We can't get into all of them. Some of them are probably not going to win anyway. So what we've done is we've taken a look at Actually, I've seen eight. You've probably seen five, maybe more than that. So we've covered all the bases. We've seen every, yeah. all ten of them. So it isn't like we're, you know, reading and researching. No, no, we're, we're the old hairy eyeball is taking a look at these. So, yeah, yeah well, yeah. In fact, you know, between two of us, we have seen them all. That's it. Exactly. There, yeah. there is, there's no, there, there is no trail that's been left not searched. We've looked mm. at every one of them. So what we want to do is take a look at them in kind of the order in which we feel, starting with what we feel, the number six one, all the way up to one. So I'll kind of start it out. You can kind of dive in. I'm going to start with West Side Story. West Side Story is an adaption, a remake of a 1961 musical that explores both forbidden love between gang, two different uh, people. And it's a Romeo and Juliet story. And the gang rivals are the Jets and the Sharks. It's a pretty well-known story. It takes place in New York. And uh, a superstar a superstar producer by the name of Steven Spielberg decided that it, he wanted to pay homage to it because he felt it was very influential into his movie career. So what he did is he made – he did a remake of this, and it came out around Christmas time. Bad news is it didn't do too well at the box office. No, uh, and But on the critic side of it, it got, I would call, good uh, reviews. But if you take a look at this movie, it's it's got a couple things. It it pays homage by doing everything the right way, and and, and that includes having a Puerto Rican cast for the main players. It went to the streets. It didn't go to the set, movie sets out in Hollywood. It made it right there on on the pavement, and it's got it's got all the songs, the dances, etc. And I would say that out of this, we probably have one are two possibilities with respect to Oscar nominations on the, the top side. Uh, I would say that if the Best Achievement Award would be given, Steven Spielberg might sneak in with respect to director. Not I'm necessarily saying he is the guy, but he could. One person, though, who is favored to win is a supporting actress who plays Anita. Her name is Ariana DeRose. She plays the, the, the sort of uh, sassy a sister to Maria in the in the movie. So those are, I would say, the, uh, the 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 key things with respect to that movie. It's two hours and thirty seven minutes, seven nominations altogether. So I think you know, the that Spielberg will, in one way or another, whether it be sound production, uh, etc., will get up on the stage. But it, I don't think it'll be best picture. So. I would just point out that a lot of the pictures this this year are long. They are. They are. There are some long ones. Uh, two to three yeah. hours. Yeah. There's only a couple of them that are they're less than less than two hours. So as we take a look at uh, a picture that's near and dear to your heart, because you've seen the original and the remake, we've got Dune coming up as number five, two hours and 35 minutes. It's got a bunch of nominations, 10. 
but none of these nominations other than Best Picture are in what we call the major categories of actors and actresses, whether it be main or supporting. But what does this movie deliver that has brought it to the forefront, would you think, since you're the one who saw this one? Uh, this is this is a hard act to follow because David Lynch's version of this film is considered a classic. Uh, and it's because it has that quirky David David Lynch kind of thing. This film is the opposite of that. There's nothing quirky about this. They normalize and make you feel like you are living way in the future where space travel is is possible, where there has been a, a but, Butlerian jihad where they've banned all machines. That's one of the things you don't realize when you watch this movie if you don't have the background. And they don't explain it. They just normalize everything. But this is the world we're living in, and that is what the great thing about this movie is. It feels so real. It's fantastic, but it's real. It's not the planet we live on. It's There's nothing about our world that we live on now that's there, but they make it feel like the day-to-day and being a member of the royalty and this royal family in the future is just the way things are. And I'd wow. say that's the greatest things about about it. And he used a tremendous amount of on 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 site uh, locations. He did not go to the special effect guys any more than Got he it. absolutely had to. He used models very often when he had to, you know, like spaceships and stuff like that. But <clears throat> here's the two things that'll keep this from getting best picture. Are you ready? I'm ready. Number one thing is going to keep it from getting best picture is the fact that. It's really a prequel kind of. It's the first installment of a two-installment duology. This is not the complete story of Dune as it's told in the book by Frank Herbert. Not at all. It's only the prelude to it. So if, if, if you know anything about the book, and even if you don't, you feel a little unsatisfied at the end. They only set up the whole thing for mm-hmm. a messiah. That's what this is. This is a deeply... Uh, cultural, uh, religious culture kind of movie. You just don't realize it until the very end of the movie where you realize that this main, this character is going to become a messiah. And he's not happy about it. So, because he sees what his future is. Yeah. And this is a great, great movie. It's near and dear to my heart. It involves many things that I'm fond of, like psychotropics uh, and, you know, religion. In a very broad sense, you know, because right. this this main character, he's he's like a roll up of Jesus, Buddha and, uh, uh, you know, Mohammed. It's really or I should say the prophet. I'm not allowed to say his name. So anyway, there you go. Well, sounds good. I would say that it's got, like I said, uh, 10 nominations. So we might I, I think think it, I think it's got a good chance of, uh, of ended up getting some wins in areas Costumes. maybe like sound production. Uh, costume, costume, cinematography. So, yep. yeah. So uh, look, look for it. it, it it's going to be mentioned a lot during the Oscar show. Let's move on to number four. Number four is a movie called King Richard. This King Richard is not Shakespeare or that, but it happens to be Richard Williams is uh, King Richard. He is the father, the tennis dad. Of, and what he does is this tennis dad takes his two daughters Serena and Venus onto an unusual journey to superstardom as tennis players. This man had a vision from the front end and he never relented with respect to pursuing it. 
So what makes this movie probably a, 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 a forefront in terms of best picture is the powerful acting that is done by uh, two people. Number one would be Will Smith, who is considered the favorite to win the Best Actor Award. And also Anjanou Ellis, who plays the mother, and she is, uh, and she's up for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. I would say that the downside and what's going to keep this movie from uh, winning the, the, the big Oscar for Best Picture is it's a little bit sugar-coated to some extent. I think it's one of these that's produced by the sisters. Uh, the, the daughters of uh, Venus and uh, and Serena. And the good news is I think it's authentic. The bad news is that gives them an opportunity to maybe not tell the real story because it's just too much giggling, laughing in the movie for, for my taste on the movie uh, with respect to the, the, the sort of tone of, of the picture. It, it kind of lends us, it, it's almost like a too much feel good in it. Um, wow. So that, that's kind of the way I see it. But I would say that... Uh, Will Smith does an incredible job in the movie, uh, and so and it's really good. It ta- and what happens is it takes the story of Venus, the older sister, up through the age of fourteen when she first turns when she turns pro. Uh, I think he does a good job. As we take a look, I think that the test of time is to whether uh, Richard Williams did a good job of of uh, with developing in and basically raising these these two girls is the fact that that they've turned out on their feet. They're, there's hardly any uh, controversy as it relates to them. They've become what are considered the icons and superstars of the of the of the tennis world in their era. So you know it, it's there. I mean they're well educated. One of them can speak more uh, several different languages. I kind of like it that when you hear that uh, a, a tennis star wins the French Open and accepts. For award by speaking French, that's pretty classy stuff. So it is. Uh, I would say that uh, you know, like I said before, it's 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 best actor. I think is going to be a lock for Will Smith, and and that's I think uh, where it stands with that picture. Wow. So it's well oh, worth man. well worth seeing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, now we're going to yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, John. No, you go. Ahead. I would say we're right now looking at looking at the top three, and uh, on, on number three, we're looking at Belfast. Belfast is a movie that the setting is 1969 uh, Belfast, which is at a period of time which there's a lot of violence. We're talking Northern Ireland. It's in many ways has been touted as a religious war, Protestants versus Catholics, but it's also a political war too. And what's interesting about this movie is that it is seen through the eyes of a nine-year-old boy, and that nine-year-old boy happens to be Kenneth Banoff, who is the director, wrote the screenplay to this this movie. Um, I would say that it's it's in black and white, it's it's very visual, it's got a lot of, of good action scenes in it, but it also tells the dynamics of a full family ranging from the nine year old boy all the way up to his grandparents. Where is this picture going to probably uh, score some points as it relates to Oscar? It's a it's considered a dark horse for best picture. However, there are some very strong supporting performances by two people. The supporting actor nomination is a guy by the name of Kieran Hines, and he he is like words of wisdom to this nine-year-old boy with some incredible things he tells him. And we've got a person who you probably won't recognize when you watch it if you don't know beforehand, but Judith uh, 
Dench, Dame Judith Dench, she ends up playing the grandmother, and she also does does a very good job. So uh, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I, I, I it, it's just it's a it's just a solid performance. One other little kicker I'm going to throw in here, and that's the cool. fact that it's got nominated for best song, a song called "Down to Joy" by that's that's sung by Van Morrison, and yeah. it's that it's that classical, it's that kind of background with the the horns type of song that would, was mm. really good in the late '60s, mm-hmm. early '70s. Yeah. I think it's got. I don't think there's any what I call song out there that you're going to sing as you leave the movie theater. But this one is pretty good, so I'm going to give it kind of a thumbs up with respect to possibly winning the best, the best song. So yeah, he's due. Van Morrison's songs are used in so many movies. I mean, this yeah. isn't the first by any means. So he he's due, like Dylan was due. Uh, just to kind of comment about the fact that to be nominated for a best song, the song has to be made specifically for the movie. So you're saying, oh, well, wow. how about West Side Story? No, no, no. Those songs are mm. all from the original movie. So yeah, it's got to be the movie now is is what takes uh, wow makes it. wow. So we're okay. down to two movies, and these movies are oh well actually uh, maybe I did I did I, I maybe skipped one didn't I? Power of the yeah, Dog did. I didn't. Power of the Dog is one mm. that I want to mention. And if you're looking for a, a four legged critter in this in the in it's the only four legged critter you're going to see are animal are cows. This is a what I would call a neo western. Uh, a film, a, a neo-noir western movie, setting in 1925 Montana. It has a sibling rivalry between a very meek, mild brother and his rowdy, raunchy brother, who constantly is pounding on him. And what's what what the the, the subtle story that pervades through the front and then all of a sudden comes out at the very end is that the rowdy uh, uh, cowboy it really has a struggle with his emotions as it, as it relates to love. And that comes out towards the end of it. This movie is dark. This movie mm. is slow. And mm. so as a result, and the storyline is not what you call compelling. It doesn't push the movie along very well. So if you want something that has some very strong acting performances, this is a good movie to, to see. But if you're looking for a, a, a little bit more excitement or a think piece, it doesn't do, do much for me. Where does the strength of this one lie as it relates to Best Picture? It lies in the direction. This movie is directed by Jane Campion, and mm-hmm. she is from New Zealand. And since it was during COVID, they originally wanted to do the setting in Montana. They ended up making the movie in New Zealand. So because yeah, they, they handled COVID very well. This movie on the front end at the very beginning was a, uh, of the year was considered a very, very, very strong candidate to win. It won a, a bunch of awards, whether you talk, you can be talking British Academy, you could be talking Golden Globe. Um, you, you, and the last one they won uh, just a week before was Critics' Choice. And I'm talking winning the best picture, not only direction. So mm. as a result, uh, it looked pretty good. The problem with it is it, it for film critics, they, they embrace it. Regular viewers don't. It, it also has a very wide range with respect to the Academy members. Some of them don't like it at all. Some of them think it's the best. So I think that, plus the fact that the, uh, that the director, Jane uh, Campion, when she accepted the award for Critics' Choice, made a few controversial comments. I don't want to even comment upon it. It, it was more cancel culture as far as I'm concerned. They just jumped all over her. 
but it's enough that I think it kind of shakes up the, the Academy enough that they're not going to do, uh, not going to give it best picture. But the idea of a woman winning best director is in the forefront, and I feel that she has an excellent chance. But it is got plenty of nominations. It's got for best actor. Um, both the brothers are there, and one of them is uh, Cumber. What's Cumberbatch's first name? Benedict oh, Cumberbatch. Benedict. 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 Yeah. yeah. He's in it. Uh, Kirsten Dunst is also uh, for uh, supporting actress. And the, there's a young boy in it who uh, whose name is Cody Schmidt McPhee. He's a he's a, you know, a, a new a rising star in, in the film industry. He does an incredible job. So it's got a lot of nominations out of all those nominations. I think it's going to go for um, a director and, and possibly in screenplay, perhaps. Wow. So that's the, that's the word on that one. All right. So where are we? Yeah. We're down to, well, we're, we're down to a couple biggies here. And yeah, let's, let's I, just do and, two more and we got to get out of here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm working on it. We're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Drive My Car. Right. Drive My Car is a movie, uh, Japanese film, uh, direct, and it's about the director and driver possessing, uh, in the movie, possessing grief during his six week residence in Hiroshima. Uh, this movie is more about grief, the process, and the car, uh, the name of a drive my car, the car has provided the comfort zone for this uh, director in order for him to basically, it contains, just like a car, a car contains you, it also contains his emotions, and he is sort of stifled as he tries to go through the process. He gets a driver who works with him in order to, uh, just very, very slowly, gets him through the process. This movie is probably going to win Best Academy Award for a foreign film. However, it is almost three hours long. I would say it's suitably slow. It's the kind of movie that I, I, I you get a chance to digest uh, either the scenes, the, the 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 film, you know, each frame as it comes up. It's lush photography. It's got so many layers. We could we could spend hours talking about this film. Almost so three hours. It's, yeah, it's you know you. You could spend a lot of time. Every time you think about it, you come up with another thing. So, again, Hamaguchi is the director. He will – and so uh, he is up for, you know, director too. But I do believe it is on the uh, forefront uh, and will win the best best international film. That gives us down to our one – number one, our prediction for winning Best Picture Award, and that goes to CODA, C-O-D-A. This movie, that's an acronym for Children of uh, Deaf Adults, so Child of a, a Deaf Adult. And so what this movie is, it's it's hearing family member, uh, one member of the of a four-person family, mother, a father, a son, and daughter. One of them can hear. The other are deaf. What's good about it, they're all deaf that play the parts. Except obviously the the, the daughter. The hearing so person, yeah. the hearing member of the family, the daughter is torn between her fishing business, which she feels she is instrumental because she's the only one who can go and do the wheeling dealing and be there when they're needed, and a uh, in a, a sort of a, a singing career, a, a betting a budding singing career, which she is, you know, getting into, and she's got you know the typical uh, challenges of a teenager plus this additional challenge. This movie, uh, I, it, it's gotten, a, it's basically gotten a lot of popularity and, 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 and momentum for this award based upon several things. I think the other ones that we've talked about had early steam. 
particularly when we when I mentioned uh, Power of the Dog, this one has gotten momentum towards the end. It won the Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Ensemble Cast, which is the best award you can get with that group. Got that recently. I also believe that we need a, a, a powerful, feel-good story. This gives us that. And I think that's what's going to carry it to the, the, to the stage with we will get to see all four of these wonderful actors and actresses receive, uh, you know, get this award. But they also have a chance. The supporting actor, the father, Troy Kotsur, he is in it, and he is nominated for an Academy Award. Plus, uh, we got screenplay, et cetera. So I'm giving my thumbs up to Coda to win. And so perhaps you have something to say about it since you saw that one, too. I love this movie. I love Driving My Car, too. They're both excellent yep. movies. I thought Driving My Car would be slow. Uh-uh. goes fast. Don't be intimidated by the times of these movies. They go fast. And Coda is uh, also <laughs> ironic because she's she's going to do a music career. And, of course, Coda is a musical term also. So I thought that was kind of a neat title for that. Uh, I loved it. It, it. You you will really, really appreciate this movie. And we when we started watching it, the, the, the copy of it that we got from a friend, uh, did not have subtitles, and uh, so we couldn't see the uh, the translations of the sign language. Right. Mary Jane said, "We are like deaf people now. We're deaf to their language." Yeah. Said, wow, that's, that, that's impressive. Like. That's, that's very impressive. Like. Yeah. Um, so we got another copy of the movie that did have that, and then we watched it, and it was like being able to hear when you're deaf. So. You, you have to watch this movie. It's it's just one of the great movies. I hope it wins. I don't know that it will, but I really, really hope it wins. Yeah, I, I feel this is a movie that I what I, I also like to point out. You've got four members of this family. There is a poignant piece with respect to the relationship of the daughter with each of the other members. So it also so you see how the relationship is a little bit different as you take a look at the brother sister, you take a look at the at the uh, the the daughter mother relationship, the daughter father mm. relationship, yeah, and the tech and the the techniques and things that they show that are just tug at your heartstrings. I've talked about this movie out with several people, and quite often when I mention it and talk about it, it just brings tears to their eyes. Uh, yep. And I'm not that good at, at giving a description, but that's how powerful this movie is. So I should, yeah, I should point out also real quickly uh, that in uh, in Drive My Car, there's also a significant segment of of uh, for a deaf person who does Korean sign language, which yes. is different than American standard or international standard. So it it was amazing. Uh, I really started getting into watching people sign. And it's just like, you know, everybody has their own voice when they speak, speaking people. Uh, people who use sign language, they each have a signature kind of, of their signing. And that's what will win that guy. The, the guy, uh, Kotzer, may win him his Academy Award. His signing is unbelievable. You have to see it to believe it. Uh, can I just finish up with three real quick things? And one is that uh, we've not mentioned Best Actress, and I did get a chance to see Isa Tammy Faye. Jess, Jessica Chastain has a great opportunity and is considered the forerunner to win it, uh, so I would mention that. Also, if you want to look like you're a superstar film critic, 
I would also like to say that there is a great documentary out there called Summer of Soul by in 1969, we had Woodstock, yeah. but little, uh, what we don't Spike. remember is yeah. there was another uh, music festival over the course of the summer in Harlem, which featured people such as Stevie Wonder and Sly and the Family Stone. And by the way, they did appear at this one. Okay. They, wow. The, the wow. family. <laughs> right. One other thing, if you're interested in animated feature and song, there's one called Encanto, the music's by Lynn Emanuel Miranda. So if E-N-C-A-N-T-O. And so those two movie, that movie, it, you can just mention would win. It has a great chance of winning that. And also, I think, getting the best song. So Ooh. that's about it. Ooh. We've gone through a lot here. So Yeah, we have. Hey, let's have two groaners. Okay. Our groaners are provided just by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. The coach. So here's number one. Who steals noodles from the rich and gives them to the poor? Who steals noodles from the rich and gives them to the poor? Ramen Hood. Bro, give that man. He is spot on. <laughs> I get a cubie doll. I get a cubie doll. <laughs> you do. Yeah. Okay. Here's one in the spirit of movies. Why does a schizophrenic? Uh, why doesn't a schizophrenic get scared when watching a horror movie? Why doesn't a schizophrenic get scared while watching a horror movie? This is a little more difficult. Uh, that one I don't have. He realizes he is not alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is sick. That, yeah, that's a little sick. That's, that's making fun of people with a mental illness. I like it. Okay, okay, okay. I'll, I'll cut down on the laughter. <laughs> 